right, live from Studio 6P on a Thursday night, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. 8 o'clock on the East Coast, Thursday, November 5th. Lots to do. Paul Nolan is here with the news. Mr. Nolan, how are you? I'm good. Things are so nice in the world. It's fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. Rick Delgado, how are you? Uh, I'm feeling uh, a little bit better today. Okay. You'll have to tell us why. Rick Emirati. Uh, Big D. Here with some sports and some other stuff. What's going on, my how friend? How are you, Big D? I heard the Pittsburgh Steelers are buying lunch for the pollsters in Pittsburgh, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, there's a lot of stuff going on in Pittsburgh and in Philadelphia and all over the place, but I hope you took my advice. John Solomon's going to be on the show at some point, uh, tonight, which I'm looking forward to. I hope you took my advice though, and turned off the damn mainstream media, including Fox news. Most of all, because they're, um, they've got the full court press on. They're like the Mitt Romney of TV stations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and by the way, speaking, that's a great point. And by the way, we're getting back Scott, to the Mitt Romney um, Republican Party very quickly. But we'll get to that in a second as well. But they are on the full court press to get their damn narrative out. And I'm, I'm sorry, but it is, I call it like I see it. And the Fox News can't wait to call this race. They cannot wait to call this race. Because And everybody else is waiting for them. Because then they're all going to run out there. They want to get the narrative out. They want you to lose hope. And they're trying desperately to find some way to call the race. And I want you to remember this. When they do call it, because they will at some point, it doesn't mean a damn bit of difference. And that weasel who runs the desk there, he could tell me all 50 states he's reevaluated and gone back and turned them all blue. It means nothing. <laughs> the, 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 the decision desk guy. Ah who I want to take a shower every time I see him. Ooh. He can call all 50 states. It means nothing. They want you to lose hope. There's going to be a process with this. We all know it at this point. Al Gore took 40 days. The president should take at least that, if not longer. Yeah. Because this is a lot more than Chad's. So there's a process here, and we're going to talk tonight about what I talked to you about probably two months ago. And that, of course, was Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 in these state legislatures where all the power is held, period. So did you say Mr. Solomon's ready, G? All right, let's go to the American. Oh, God, was he listening to me yell like an idiot? He's <laughs> probably thinking, Jesus, let me get out of here. Let's now please go to the, let's go to the Washington, <laughs> D. studios of Real America's Voice, and please welcome the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. Mr. Solomon, how are you? I am good. How are you doing? And it was fun listening to you. I enjoyed it. It invigorated me. I'm alive again. That oh, laugh God. just called you a hack. <laughs> so, uh, to be serious, we have a president here who, uh, when you think back, has been under attack by every instrumentality of the government back from when he, before he even announced running, then running, then Mueller, then impeachment, then every attack, Russia, 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 all of it. And this might be the worst thing yet. Have you, first of all, have you ever seen anything like this? And then my follow-up is just generally, at this point, what, what is going on in your mind? Where are we? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I'm having a little bit of flashbacks to 2000 because I worked at the Associated Press and oversaw our effort to count the Chad in Florida. And uh, this has some eerie similar uh, feelings to it, although it's a, you know, a 2020 version with a uniquely 2020 version. Um, listen, what's, here's the most concerning thing. We're three days out from the election uh, and, and there are shrinking leads in both directions. Uh, Arizona's uh, Joe Biden lead is shrinking, which raises questions about the Fox News AP call. 
the president's lead in Georgia and North Carolina is shrinking also. And, and voters sitting at home are saying, how can it be two to three days later that all these votes are suddenly being found and counted? And that's why there's so much distrust. And no matter what happens from this point forward, okay. no matter who wins, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, neither one of them are going to be considered legitimate by about half of the country. That's what's the most uh, problematic thing that's going on here. We are losing Americans' confidence in the greatest voting system that man ever invented. Yeah, because, and one of the things is, um, you, you hear every you, your, every vote matters, your vote counts, but realistically, in some weird way, you can almost look at it and you go, when the when the general public senses that there's this much uh, fraud, shenanigans, whatever you want to call it going on, it almost seems like your vote doesn't matter. When you have polls telling you he's up 17 leading in, and, and there's some people who probably think, oh, yeah. well... Shameful. I mean, I don't need to go knock on doors. I don't need to donate. I don't need to. What am I? What's what am I doing that for? So, in some weird way, I know every vote counts, and everybody should always vote if you can. But it's kind of weird because, in a way, it almost it's almost like none of these votes matter when they can gin it up like this. Yeah, we can't let this system continue to disassemble the way it is now. And and I think that you know one of the sad things is back in two thousand five, four or five years after the Florida uh, mishap. Uh, there was a bipartisan commission, Democrats and Republicans, people who cared about their country first, their party second. And they made a series of recommendations. And everything they warned about, the rise of mail-in voting, the rise of early voting, digital manipula uh, manipulation, uh, ballot stuffing in a modern uh, context, has come to pass. And they made all these great recommendations. And like so many things that happened in Washington, nothing ever came of it. You go back and you read that report today, and you realize they saw this crisis coming, whether it was Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden or some other candidates, they knew it was on the horizon and our leaders in Washington didn't take action. Our leaders in the state houses didn't take any of their recommendations and try to button down the greatest uh, democratic voting system in America. And then that's why we're, you know, we're in this crisis. This is going to end up in the courts. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And it's going to come down to the, the very issue you said when you, uh, when you first opened up, and that is the uh, Constitution invests the power uh, to decide how votes are, are conducted in each state with the legislature, not unelected bureaucrats or elected bureaucrats, uh, not with ballot stuffers in, in lots in Detroit or uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, and I think that anything that wasn't prior sanctioned by the legislature could end up being in jeopardy when the United States Supreme Court with newly minted justice uh, Amy Coney Barrett gets a crack at this in a few weeks. Yeah, she's. We're gonna we're gonna know if she's a um, textualist uh, right away under fire here. Maybe Absolutely. if they take it up. You know what scares me is uh, you can lay a lot of blame, especially in Pennsylvania here, at the feet of the Supreme Court and John Roberts because they punted on this twice. And if, like you said, and I think Andy McCarthy made note of this today, he basically said, and uh, you know, if the Supreme Court had done what they should have done and locked this down a couple weeks ago then uh, they've really ill-served the country, he said. If justices had just ruled three weeks ago the courts could not alter state legislators' election rules, uh, we would have been in a much better position. Do you agree with that? Listen, it's definitely a consequential ruling. It went 4-4, right? Yeah. Um, I think if it comes back, uh, uh, Roberts is going to be in the majority uh, ruling or striking down some of these things, and particularly Pennsylvania and Michigan have done. There are just bureaucrats and elected officials meddling in the processes of the election. And here's the real scary part. 
you may have had a great advantage in Philadelphia because you could get your ballot fixed, you could drop it off in a million locations, and then if you lived in another part of Pennsylvania, you didn't get any of that assistance, it might have been disadvantaged. That's exactly the unequal voting system that the Supreme Court in 2000 said America will never stand for. There's a precedent. Everybody remembers the 5-4 decision that said Bush won, but there was a 7-2 decision that preceded that that said, listen, the reason the Supreme Court must intervene in an election is when uh, voters in the same state get treated differently. I get to vote by uh, a mail, another person didn't. My vote got corrected, they couldn't get theirs corrected. And you're seeing that in Pennsylvania, you're seeing that in Michigan. And I have a funny feeling both of those states are gonna end up uh, scrutinized by the justices within a couple of weeks. Do, do, um, does anyone know where um, Bill Barr is? He's not on vacation, right? Like he's around the Justice <laughs> Department. There's like a building. And- I think he's trying to find John Durham. He lost track of John Durham in the last few months of the election. Trying to find him. There's like a big I don't building know where in D.C. I- that has like the department. Listen. What? Yeah, I, I don't want to pick too much on the Attorney General. He's, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's been a, a very hardworking man. Yeah. Uh, the story of Russia will come out very soon. And, and you'll see why there was a delay. I, there, there may be a good excuse for the delay. Won't be satisfying, but there'll be a good excuse. Uh, listen, it's going to be his department, his solicitor general, that goes to the Supreme Court to represent these cases when, when the United States Justice Department gets involved. Right now, it's a campaign issue, but I'm fairly certain that the Justice Department will weigh in with a statement of interest, which they often do in, in consequential cases. And uh, that's going to be a very significant moment. Uh, and the other thing is there are fraud claims. Uh, uh, people who said weird things happen or ballots were stolen or we just found 50,000 or 50 ballots behind a rock somewhere in a garbage can. The FBI has been very aggressive the last three days. You don't hear a lot about this, but the FBI has been very aggressive looking at any, no matter how small it is, any example of uh, ballots being stolen, delayed, ripped, uh, uh, manipulated. And uh, the FBI and Justice Department are doing a lot of work. They're just doing it below the radar. Uh, they'll, they'll become, an, if there's a systemic problem that they discover, you can rest assured the voting rights section of the Justice Department is going to be on this like like a fly on pie. Okay, so let me ask you about uh, some of these that I think people like me who uh, look at this kind of from a basic, I'm a nor- you know, just normal people sitting around a dinner table looking at a couple of these things that they've read about. So one of yeah. them, uh, you look at Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, they say supposed turnout rose 40%. Meanwhile, Milwaukee is one of the slowest growing major cities in the Midwest, according to most recent census, uh, census numbers, with 1.2% population growth, voter turnout 83%. 460,000 ballots in Wisconsin. Uh, Kim Strassel had a great thread about if you look at Wisconsin, the numbers, and they do same day registration, they would have had a register like 900,000, which is like 30% of the basic voter base in one day there. Like things like that. Do we have any explanation on any of this or are these the things that we need to look into? You really know how to set up a good story for tomorrow. We're going to have a big story tomorrow <laughs> on justthenews.com. You couldn't have done it better. And let's tell the viewers, we didn't discuss it in advance. No, we, no, we uh, did not. We, we downloaded every precinct in Milwaukee County, and we've analyzed it. We started a voter a vote review initiative in partnership with Real America's Voice, Just the News, and the Star Newspapers. And we looked at all 480 plus uh, wards, uh, precincts in Milwaukee. And there's a very unusual thing. There are 90 wards, 90 precincts, where the vote, uh, voter turnout is 90% or more. You just don't see 90% voter turnout 
in, in an election. And quite frankly, it was inching up in this territory during 2016 when Hillary Clinton narrowly lost in Wisconsin. So we, we're talking to a lot of experts. There's a lawsuit that's being filed tonight by a third party challenging the Milwaukee vote, saying it can't be possible that 90 percent of people in uh, Wisconsin uh, or in Milwaukee wards voted. And they're going to challenge some of these ward districts. That's going to open up, you know, the first scrutiny of this. But 90 percent turnout, that's really remarkable. Either the residents of Milwaukee are really, really good citizens or there's something else going on in the, the land of Bear and Fonzie. Yeah, there's a there's a district in Michigan. I'm so old, uh, I remember Fonzie. See, that terrible? Yeah, I'm me sorry too. about that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, there's a district in Michigan uh, that Trump won in 2016 by, I think, 30 points. This right. year, he's lost it by 30 points. Uh, yeah. I, I had uh, Antrim County, Michigan. Michigan, yes. So there is an ongoing investigation of what happened there. What we're being told is that there was a major computer glitch that occurred. Not human error, but <laughs> something in the software. Now, why is that important? That, that computer software in that county is used in many places around the country. And it has, uh, we're, we're told, we're, not, we're still working on this, but we're told it has some connection to a Chinese investment company or Chinese technology or uh, software uh, code. Oh so well, this is being looked shocking. at. Yeah. We're, we're looking at this very closely. We're going to know more. We think that county is going to come back tomorrow and said, oh, it's the other way around. Now, Trump got the 30-point win again. Okay. But um, these are the sort of things that we're doing in the Voter Integrity Project at Just the News in partnership with Real America's Voice. Important stuff. We're finding these things all over the country. All right. So I know you're probably very busy tonight. Can you hang with us for one more segment? Or if you have Absolutely. to go, I understand. Okay. Nah, the, nah, I'm here. The yeah, great no John problem. Solomon. We're back live from Studio 6B. Do I get to ask a question during the social media break? Uh, Sure. <laughs> We're just normal people talking about the issues, the way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Paul's going to have more news. Rick uh, Delgado's here. Rick Emirati will have sports. The great John Solomon's with us from Just the News. So just a, a couple other things. So obviously, um, the president, from a legal standpoint, has, has obviously um, started legal proceedings in, I guess, four or five of the states that are going to be in question. Like you said, we're seeing, you know, I was going to ask you, it's kind of, you know, Florida is able to count 11 million votes or whatever it is and, and just reports Crazy. and boom. And it seems it's like it was just no problem. And then you have places yeah. with half and they're taking the night off and they're not going to have it to the 5th or the 12th. Or, I mean, do we need no matter what happens here, do we need to look at this whole system with the technology we have today? Are there any changes here that can make this more of an election day again? Is that what we need to get back to? Yeah, it's really about clarity, right? What what the election officials in Minnesota and Pennsylvania uh, have tried to do is to fog up a pretty clear process, right? You know what day you got to mail in your ballot if you want it to be counted. You know it's got to be postmarked by November 3rd. Most states have a couple of day window where you're supposed to count afterwards, not 10 days or 11 days like we're seeing in North Carolina and Michigan and other places. But I think a uniform standard that can't be changed in the final minutes 
of, of an election like it was this year uh, is really key to, to getting it. Voters know what to do. They know they don't get counted if they miss the deadline. This isn't hard stuff. And for, for most of our country, we did voting just right. But in the last few years, particularly in Democratic states with large urban areas with Democratic vote, there have been all sorts of shenanigans and, and backflips to try to muddy up the system. And then you wonder, did they muddy it up so that we can do nefarious things that we can't detect? And I think you don't want the American people thinking that. Listen, I don't know yet whether any frauds occurred this election. We're digging in. We're highlighting the data. We're going to get you answers. But in the interim, there's too many people that tonight are wondering, I went to bed and at 4 o'clock there was a 130,000 vote flip. Where did that come from? Or, hey, I was watching the screen and it changed, uh, you know, from Trump to Biden like that. Or how could uh, Trump been up 7, 8, 10 points and now he's down? What, what, what happened? Yeah. Uh, we don't want to have a country like that going forward. And I think there's a lot of people to blame. One of them is my profession. And I don't want to say just the news, but the media profession was very irresponsible on election night. Yeah, Fox News. You can you can take the Fox News call in Arizona, and I can tell you why that was wrong, and I've explained that. But the the idea that they were pumping up a ten point lead for Trump when they knew it was never going to be a ten point lead is kind of it incites that sort of anxiety. You wake up the next morning and it's all gone. Everybody knew there was a large amount of vote out in urban areas that were going to lean Biden, and it was incumbent and more uh, more if journalists were going to be more responsible to say, listen, these data numbers are going to change. Uh, don't buy into the 10-point lead. And then when weird things happen, you'd think that those news organizations would go out and check those out. They don't. They just say, ah, it's okay, normal stuff. There's no curiosity, just like there wasn't in Russia. And as a result, the news media are one of the biggest perpetrators of all of this dissension and confusion that is going on in this election. Yeah, you know, you go to bed Tuesday night, like you just said, in Wisconsin, and, and Trump's up enough where Biden has to win 79% of the vote and you wake up yeah. the next morning, and not only did he do that, he did better than that. It's it's like regular people just can't believe that. It's pretty darn amazing, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of explaining to do, like they used to say in the Oh, I Love Lucy show. We're, <laughs> we're just at a point where um, these things have to be dug into, and this is the year. Whether Trump loses or wins, the great thing he can leave behind in this country is to force this debate, get to the bottom of it, get good rules, get the courts involved, get the guidance. It'll be a lasting gift whether he's the next president or not. And he's doubled down on it. You can see it. he's got an all-star team, right? You got Sidney Powell and, and Pam Bondi and Rudy Giuliani. And, and yeah, I, think, I think we just had on Joe DeGeneva. There's a lot of different big names, smart, yeah. brilliant lawyers Jay. that are going to drive these. They're not going to give this up easy. Don't, don't expect Donald Trump to be pushed over by a feather in a couple of days. Say, oh, enough, we should stop. They're going for the long ball in this because it isn't just about who won the election. It's about how how are we going to expose the shenanigans that have been going on in this election system? These things have been going on for four years. I, I did a project in 2016 after James um, O'Keefe came out where he caught people undercover in a bar in Wisconsin. Of course, that's where you go in Wisconsin. You go to a bar. But he has them undercover bragging about how they were going to hijack the vote in Milwaukee. They're talking about it. They had a plan, specific plan. We exposed that before the election, probably stopped it in 2016. But you go back now and wonder... Did it happen in 2020? Did they just wait four years? And we, we need to have a system that can't be manipulated this way. And this is the ground zero moment in election politics in America. We're, these lawsuits are going to 
create a discussion that we have we've been long kicking uh, down the road and there's no one that's more built to have this than him obviously with everything he's been yeah. through so and no family that's yeah. ready to do this more than the trump family do you make anything of the um the disparity in down tick let's take let's take michigan for example the disparity between yep. the vote that trump people who voted for trump and john james as opposed to the disparity is is so small and Biden's disparity in some of these places is tens, 50, 60, 70,000 votes where we're supposed to believe they're not voting for the down ticket person, but they all voted for him. Do you make anything of those disparities? On that Milwaukee story that we're going to have tomorrow morning, here's a, an amazing fact. In the Milwaukee wards, the 480 plus wards in Milwaukee, um, the down ticket disparity is 27 so 27% are recorded as having voted at the presidential level and then not picking the next race down, the county executive. You think if you're there, you're not only going to vote for the president, pick the other guys. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of theories about this that we have to test before we come to a conclusion that this is nefarious. One of them is there's just a large influx of people who've come in and they've only become in because Donald Trump got them excited about politics. They've been sitting home like, it's not worth voting. Washington never changes. Donald Trump got them excited. They may not be that excited. They may be excited about Donald Trump. They may not have been excited. They don't really give a crap who the county executive is or who their lawmaker is. We need to test that theory. But if we find out that the ballots for Biden have the preponderance of downstream uh, negation, meaning they don't vote downstream, they roll off and don't vote anything beyond public, there's going to be some questions asked about that. This lawsuit that's been filed by the Amistad Project uh, against uh, it to the it actually filed to the Wisconsin Election Commission tonight. It just broke on our site a few minutes ago. Uh, it's it's going to force a look at a few of these wards uh, where there's really weird aberrations, mm-hmm. and hopefully the the authorities will get to the bottom of it. At least we'll get some answers early on. Yeah. I've only got about two minutes left. The last thing I want to ask you about is, you know, this president has had our back and he's had this party. He's changed this party. You look at this election. Other than this, it was a very good night for the GOP. It was not a good night for the for socialism, for the left, for the Green New Deal, for Nancy Pelosi, for most of all for Chuck Schumer. But I look here in the last three days and I'm thinking to myself here. Um, it looks like the establishment is uh, making rearing its ugly head and saying, yeah, you got one bias here in 2016, but that's not going to happen again. Where is everybody? I see Jim Jordan. I see Scott Perry. I see where's Nikki. Where is everybody? Isn't this, we need everybody to stand up here. Don't we? I think there are a lot are, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now about what's the right level until you get the data to know what your best attack is. It's sometimes better to hold your power because people will go out and they'll make a claim and then the Democrats say, oh, look, we disproved that. They're all crazy. I think that's one of the lessons of the Ukraine scandal and the Russia scandal, which is there are a lot of answers given early on that people hadn't checked their facts. And so the Democrats turned it against it and made it look like the Trump administration has something to hide because they didn't quite get that right. I think they're, they're getting their data. They're going purposely about this. As soon as they know the storyline of what's right and what's wrong in this election, you're going to see a mass outpouring of, of support for President Trump. If there is wrongdoing, everybody from Nikki Haley on down is going to be there. Fun thing that just came out a little bit ago, about five minutes ago, I just broke the story before I came on here. Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, and Mike Lee in the Senate sent a letter to Google today saying, you know what? We think we caught Google sending get out the vote messages to liberals and none to conservatives. You were trying to tip the election. You just testified you weren't doing that. 
you bet you better come here and explain quickly otherwise you're in big trouble at the justice department that letter went out those are the sort of things going on the margins of the vote debate looking for the manipulation elsewhere that led to people getting out to vote or not get out to vote a lot of developments and i think you're seeing the the supporting cast of the president doing a lot of that once they know what the issue is i think you'll see the entire republican party speak with one voice behind donald trump all right i hope you're right that's a good thing all right uh the great john solomon john thank you very much as always my pleasure live from studio 6b we got a lot more to do we're back right after this yes about the watermarks The American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're gonna be there. We're gonna be fair, we're gonna be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's voice. All right, live from Studio 6B. Um, I want to play the president, G. It'll probably take most of the segment, but I think it's important. A lot of people maybe not had, had didn't see the president. It's the first time we've heard from the president. Um, if we can, let's roll that. This was about a half hour ago. Okay, we're going to uh, set this up. This is the president. Went to the briefing room today for his first comments. Took no questions, but he kind of laid out what they're looking at, what he's seen. So if we have that, G, roll it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening. I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But a lot of votes came in late. I've already decisively won many critical states, including massive victories in Florida, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio. To name just a few, we won these and many other victories despite historic election interference from big media, big money, and big tech. As everybody saw, we won by historic numbers. And the pollsters got it knowingly wrong. They got it knowingly wrong. We had polls that were so ridiculous, and everybody knew it at the time. There was no blue wave that they predicted. They thought there was going to be a big blue wave. That was false. It was done for suppression reasons. But instead, there was a big red wave. And it's been properly acknowledged, actually, by the media. They were, I think, very impressed. But that was after the fact. That doesn't do us any good. We kept the Senate despite having twice as many seats to defend as Democrats and in a really uh, much more competitive states. We've uh, we did a fantastic job with the Senate. I think we're very proud of what's happened there. We had many more seats to defend. They spent almost $200 million on Senate races in South Carolina and Kentucky alone, two races, and hundreds of millions of dollars overall against us. At the national level, our opponent's major donors were Wall Street bankers and special interests. Our major donors were police officers, farmers, everyday citizens. 
Yet, for the first time ever, we lost zero races in the House. I was talking to Kevin McCarthy today. He said he couldn't believe it. Zero races. Very unusual thing. Zero. And actually won many new seats, with, I think, many more on the way. This was also the year of the Republican woman. More Republican women were elected to Congress than ever before. That's a great achievement. I won the largest share of non-white voters of any Republican in 60 years, including historic numbers of Latino, African-American, Asian-American, and Native American voters, uh, the largest ever in our history. We grew our party by 4 million voters, the greatest turnout in Republican Party history. Uh, Democrats are the party of the big donors, the big media, the big tech it seems. And Republicans have become the party of the American worker, and that's what's happened. And we're also, I believe, the party of inclusion. As everyone now recognizes, media polling was election interference, in the truest sense of that word, by powerful special interests. These really phony polls, I have to call them phony polls, fake polls, were designed to keep our voters at home, create the illusion of momentum for Mr. Biden and diminish Republicans' ability to raise funds. They were what's called suppression polls. Everyone knows that now. And uh, it's never been used to the extent that it's been used on this last election. To highlight just a few examples, the day before election, Quinnipiac, which was wrong on every occasion that I know of, had Joe Biden up by five points in Florida. And they were off by 8.4 points. And I won Florida easily, easily. So uh, they had me losing Florida by a lot, and I ended up winning Florida by a lot. Other than that, they were very accurate. Uh, they had <laughs> him up four points in Ohio, and they were off by 12.2 points. And I also won Ohio, great state of Ohio, very easily. And the Washington Post said Biden up 17 points in Wisconsin, and it was basically even. They were off by about 17 points. And they knew that. They're not stupid people. They knew that. Suppression. There are now only a few states yet to be decided in the presidential race. Uh, the voting apparatus of those states are run in all cases by Democrats. We were winning in all the key locations by a lot, actually. And then our numbers started miraculously getting whittled away in secret. And uh, they wouldn't allow legally permissible observers. We went to court in a couple of instances, and we were able to get the observers put in. And when the observers got there, they wanted them 60, 70 feet away, 80 feet, 100 feet away, or outside the building to observe people inside the building. And we won a case, a big case, and uh, we have others happening. There are a lot of, lots of litigation, even beyond our litigation. There's tremendous amount of litigation generally because of how unfair this process was. And I predicted that. I've been talking about mail-in voting for a long time. It's, uh, it's really destroyed our system. It's a corrupt system. And it makes people corrupt, even if they aren't by nature. But they become corrupt. It's too easy. They want to find out how many the votes they need, and then they seem to be able to find them. They wait and wait, and then they find them.
And you see that on election night. We were ahead in vote in North Carolina by a lot, tremendous number of votes. And uh, we're still ahead by a lot, but uh, not as many, because they're finding ballots all of a sudden. Oh, we have some mail-in ballots. It's amazing how those mail-in ballots are so one-sided, too. I know that it's supposed to be to the advantage of the Democrats, but in all cases, they're so one-sided. We were up by nearly 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. I won Pennsylvania by a lot. And uh, that gets whittled down to, I think they said now we're up by 90,000 votes. And they'll keep coming and coming and coming. They find them all over. And they don't want us to have any observers, although we want a court case. The judge said you have to have observers. Likewise, in Georgia, and they're appealing. Actually, they're appealing. Uh, we want a case that we want people to watch, and we want observers. And they're actually appealing, which is sort of interesting. I wonder why they'd appeal, that all we want to do is have people watch as they do the vote tabulations. Likewise, in Georgia, I won by a lot, a lot, with a lead of over getting close to 300,000 votes on election night in Georgia. And by the way, it got whittled down. And now it's getting to be to a point where I'll go from winning by a lot to perhaps being even down a little bit. In Georgia, a pipe burst in a faraway location, totally unrelated to the location of what was happening. And they stopped counting for four hours. And a lot of things happened. The election apparatus in Georgia is run by Democrats. We also had margins of 300,000 in Michigan. We're way up in Michigan, won the state. And uh, in Wisconsin, we did likewise fantastically well. And uh, that got whittled down. Every, in every case, they got whittled down. Today, we're on track to win Arizona. We only need to carry, I guess, 55 percent of the remaining vote, 55 percent margins. And uh, that's a margin that we've significantly exceeded. So we'll see what happens with that. But we're on track to do OK in Arizona. Uh, our goal is to defend the integrity of the election. We'll not allow the corruption to steal such an important election, or any election for that matter. And uh, we can't allow silence anybody to silence our voters and manufacture results. I've never had — I've been doing a lot of public things for a long time. I've never had anything that's been as inspirational by people calling, talking, sending things to us. I've never uh seen such uh such love and such affection and such uh spirit as i've seen for this people know what's happening and they see what's happening and it's before their eyes and uh, there are many instances which will be reported very shortly there's tremendous litigation going on and this is a case where they're trying to steal an election they're trying to rig an election and we can't let that happen. Detroit and Philadelphia, known as two of the most corrupt political places anywhere in our country, easily cannot be responsible for engineering the outcome of a presidential race, a very important presidential race. In Pennsylvania, Democrats have gone to the state Supreme Court to try and ban our election observers, and very strongly. Now, we won the case, uh, but they're, they're going forward. They don't want anybody in there. They don't want anybody watching them as they uh, count the ballots. And I can't imagine why there's absolutely no legitimate reason 
why they would not want to have people watching this process, because if it's straight, uh, they would be — they should be proud of it. Instead, they're trying, obviously, to commit fraud. Uh, there's no question about that. In Philadelphia, observers have been kept far away, very far away, so far that people are using binoculars to try and see. And there's been tremendous problems caused. They put um, paper on all of the windows so you can't see in, and the people that are banned are very unhappy and become somewhat violent. The 11th Circuit ruled that in Georgia, the votes have been in by Election Day, that they should be in by Election Day. And they weren't. Votes are coming in after Election Day. And uh, they had a ruling already that you have to have the votes in by Election Day. To the best of my knowledge, votes should be in by Election Day. And uh, they didn't do that. Democrat officials never believed they could win this election, honestly. I really believe that. That's why they did the mail-in ballots, where there's tremendous corruption and fraud going on. That's why they mailed out tens of millions of unsolicited ballots without any verification measures whatsoever. And I've told everybody that uh, these things would happen, because I've seen it happen. I watched a lot of different elections before they decided to go with this big, massive election with tens of millions of ballots going out to everybody, in many cases totally unsolicited. This was unprecedented in American history. This was by design, despite years of claiming to care about the election security. They refused to include any requirement to verify signatures, identities, or even determine whether they're eligible or ineligible to vote. People are walking in there. They have no idea. They're just taking numbers. They're writing down things, the workers, and doing a lot of bad things. And we have a lot of information coming and litigation that you'll see that will uh, shake even you people up, and you've seen it all. The officials overseeing the counting in Pennsylvania and other key states are all part of a corrupt Democrat machine that you've written about. And for a long time, you've been writing about the corrupt Democrat machine. I went to school there, and I know a lot about it. It hasn't changed it's a long time ago, and hasn't changed. It's gotten worse. In Pennsylvania, partisan Democrats have allowed ballots in the state to be received three days after the election. And we think much more right, Jay, than hold that. It there. We'll finish the and president when we get back. We're just normal people talking about the issues. The way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. For those of you wondering, uh, Keith Oberman has weighed in. Oh, uh, good. It is, necessary, it is necessary to remove and arrest the president of the United <laughs> States tonight. 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 Gets tonight. Keith, Keith oh, okay. Oberman. Wow. Oh, Keith Oberman has weighed in. So. He's, he's yeah. live on YouTube head-to-head -head with us. So we probably don't, don't have a lot of the same no, audience. I don't, I don't he's think certifiable. So. He really no. is. But he's he is—he um, has— um, <laughs> 
crazy bastard. Yeah. He's out of his bird. Uh, Maria Bartiromo has said, that's it. I'm out of Twitter. I'm off. I'm out. She can't wow. take it anymore. So maybe she's trying to set an example, but she says Mom, she's, uh, way, kid. she's off Twitter. She put some things up and they pushed it and they, um, they marked it as misleading. So she, uh, she said, I'm out of here. And I think once this is all, no matter what happens, I think that once this is all done, uh, I think I said this the other night, I think social media and I think mainstream media are going to be the biggest um, losers in all, this. Losers in all yep. of this. Social media, there's a reckoning coming for them. And uh, there's a reckoning coming for mainstream media, including um, what should be our second favorite um, news channel other than Real America's Voice, because I don't know. They either hate their audience or they're looking for a new one, whether it's by design or by threat from above. I don't know, but it's something. Oh, they 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 want to be in with the uh, you know the limousine liberals who ride around and you know tell everybody how to live and enjoy their their cocktail parties uh, while calling everybody else that actually works for a living you know deplorable chumps whatever you want to call them. All right, let's do some sports here uh, as we end hour one. Uh, Rick Emirati's here. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D. Well, we have a couple of college football games that are canceled coming up this weekend. Washington and California game has been canceled due to. Coronavirus. Uh, Saturday's Pac-12 season opener between Washington Huskies and California Golden Bears has been canceled and will be ruled a no contest, no reschedule. Also, the Navy-Tulsa game has been postponed and Air Force Army has also been called off for this weekend. So Corona is having an impact on the collegiate game. Obviously, surprised we're hearing about COVID that it's now November 5th. I would have thought November 3rd at midnight that would have stopped. Yeah. COVID yeah, would have gone away like the flu. It's gone away, you know, so. Yep. Hmm. Um, and we have some live uh, action right now. We have the uh, Utah State Aggies at the Nevada Wolfpack right now. It's 21 to 9 late in the second quarter. We'll keep an, an eye on that game tonight. And Thursday night football, Levi Stadium, Santa Clara, California. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers visit the San Francisco 49ers. Green Bay is up 7 to nothing. Uh, that's late in the first quarter. Aaron Rodgers to who else but Devontae Adams on a 36-yard touchdown pass. Obviously, the Niners, they have about $80 million worth of their cap on injured reserve right now and Jimmy Garoppolo is out this evening again and uh, he his time may have come and gone in San Francisco because he's uh, again on the IR and uh, I don't know what's going on down there in San Francisco but we'll keep an eye on that game as sound, well Big D You sound depressed Rick tonight, you, you sound kind of down you know, we got a little spirit here you, so you upset about something? Uh, yeah just a little, I'm, uh, I, you know what I'm really okay. bummed about this whole thing, I'll be honest with you I've taken it to heart, me and my family and uh, we, feel, we also feel very violated and very gypped by this whole thing, I'm really upset so well, yeah. That's but exactly I, the word. It's violated. Yeah, I feel violated. Yeah. My, my constitutional rights, I just feel like so much is at stake. The only saving grace, Big day, D, and you save me from jumping off the cliff, is when you said we're going to get the Senate, because that'll save us from these wacky green deals and all this other craziness. Well, so. we got- <laughs> we haven't, I know. We haven't officially I don't wanna, got that. I don't want to make you go to the roof right now, yeah. Rick, but we still are, we're, that's not officially here yet. And uh, Oh, boy. Well, well, gee, did they call Alaska Purdue, at 65%? Purdue needs to stay above 50% to have to also go to a runoff in Georgia. Yeah. And the last check I had, he was at 50.000004. Oh, good So, I mean, God. it's like he's like at 50% in like one vote. And I don't know. I haven't checked it in about eight hours, so I don't know where we are now. But the Kelly Loeffler race is already going to a runoff. Now, the race in Alaska, this is another thing I was going to ask Mr. Solomon, which I don't get. 
Here we have Florida clearly in hand on Tuesday night, wouldn't call it. Here we have Arizona with 1% in, they call it for Biden. In Alaska right now, the Senate race, I believe, is like 65 to 30. I don't know if someone can go to the pundit, people's pundit map or one of these maps, interactive maps, and check this race, but it still hasn't been called. There is no circumstance in any lifetime that that guy's going to lose that race in Alaska. But they have not called it yet. So my point is, once they call that, then you have Tom Tillis, which they haven't called, which I don't believe he can lose at this point either, but who knows? But if Tillis wins and the guy in um, Alaska gets finally called, then we're at 98, and I believe those are the two left in Georgia. One's already going to a runoff. If the other one doesn't, if the other one has to go to a runoff, we will not know until three weeks from today, I believe it is, four weeks, whatever, January 5th, but whatever it is, uh, who controls the Senate. Now, if um, Purdue holds the 50% mark and doesn't go to a runoff, then that makes, I believe, 50 so it'll at that point, um, but we got to get to fifty-one. Yeah, because if Joe wins, then um, I can't even say it. Vice President Harris would be the deciding vote. Oh, good God! In a fifty-fifty oh, split in the Senate on big issues, if it splits fifty-fifty, she's does like right now. Pence is the deciding vote if it ever got to that. So we have to get to fifty-one. 5149 is the only way that we control the Senate. And let me just remind all of you going, oh, yeah, 5149, we'll get there. Um, in 2014-15 and then leading wait, up to wait, 16, wait. the Republican-held Senate voted with Obama about 80% of the time because you have rhinos who are weak. And with Trump and on out, the take. with Trump out, don't be surprised. You got the Susan Collins of the world yep. immediately going, well, maybe we need, to, we need to do business. And they voted with Obama 80% of the time. The only thing Obama didn't get from them was his Supreme Court nominee, which was a big deal. But still, that's about it. Yeah, and, so, and don't, don't consider Romney an actual conservative. He's not. He's no. a Democrat. So don't, I'm not jumping up and down, even at 5149. Well, according to, uh, according to this... Dan Sullivan, the Republican, yeah, he's still up, according to this, as of 8.50 p.m., so just about four minutes ago, 62 to 32%. And they haven't called it. No, they haven't called it. They're Why? just saying leans. Well, what is there, one person in Alaska who counts the votes? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, we've got a couple hundred thousand left, and the, and, and the guy counting, the, you know, we could get 100,000 in a row that could go for— uh, Oh, golly, Mabel, I yeah. lost count. <laughs> Some Eskimo. <laughs> But, but the thing is, is if they could rig a presidential election, you don't think they can start hacking into, I mean, you're scamming on this too? I mean, how could, it, how could these leads erode so quickly? It's so frustrating. Well, there's no, there's, in the Senate races, there's been no leads that have, uh, have, the only one that really was a big lead was the John James, James race in Michigan. Yeah, he yeah. got robbed. Well, we don't know he got robbed. He wasn't I, really the favorite to win that against Gary Peters, not in Michigan. Gary Peters was had to be an overwhelming favorite. Yeah, if you look at the closing polls on that race, Peters was favored by, I think, eight 
But wasn't Some, he up? Even more than that. But wasn't he up by like eight points? Well, again, this is what John was saying. The problem is on election night, when you're seeing these things that they're up, you don't know where the votes are coming from, what votes are left in the state. The state obviously leans blue. Yeah, no, no so doubt. But when see, these it, big leads erase on election night, it's just because you're getting certain votes from certain areas. Yeah, but the, the, and again, that's that's making an assumption that everybody who's registered Democrat is voting Democrat, and that's just not the case. We know that. Yeah, yeah I mean, not in enough look, numbers look, that it's gonna. You're not. But do, you look do at you the think, big. Do you think everybody in, in Philadelphia is voting Democrat, to your point? Probably not. But no. do you think it's enough to make a difference? It's enough no. to show up, though. from Studio 6B, Hour 2. We're going to try to connect with Ben Burkwam at some point in this hour out in Arizona as we continue to wait for numbers to come in on Arizona to see if the president continues at that 57%, 58% pace that he needs to try to close the gap in Arizona. Although, I was just saying to the guys in the break, at this point, Arizona, you're seeing what's going on there. Georgia, you're seeing the numbers continue to close, even on the Purdue race now. It seems like he's fallen below 50%. Uh, again, I, I implore you to to n- turn off mainstream TV because at this point, even if they call these states, they can call Nevada for Biden and say he's got 270 now because he only needs six, and Nevada's going to give him the six. At this point, it, 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 it does all that is is them saying it because this is going to now have to go through the process. This is going to the courts. This is most likely going to the Supreme Court. So they can call it all day long and uh, make it all nice and shiny and look good for their audience. It doesn't mean anything until the courts are going to decide. So with that in mind, I want to read this to you because I think this is maybe the most important article and the most important thing to understand. And I'm not saying it's going to get to this. Because I think the the Supreme Court has as in the in the lower courts have made it extremely difficult for this for the state legislatures to to do this. But just so you understand it, this is from Daniel Horowitz today, who is um, over there Conservative Review in the Blaze. This is written in the Blaze. How Republican-controlled state legislatures can rectify election fraud committed by courts and governors by the proper power our constitution already gives them who determines the outcome of the presidential election in a given state governors secretaries of state boards of election superintendents the courts the fox news decision desk none of them the president wins a state when electors selected by state legislatures conduct a vote in their respective states on December 14th. Thus, ultimately, according to the Constitution, the state legislators wind up serving as the kingmakers in a disputed 
election. Endless pots of unverified mail-in ballots that often fail to meet state election law standards weren't created overnight at 3 a.m. on November 4th. They were created by a mix of illegal administration actions taken by Democrat administrations in key states and state and lower federal courts overriding long-standing state election laws. This has been going on for years, but accelerated to a fever pitch over the past few months. The Constitution, our Constitution, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, gives state legislatures the power over the times, methods, and procedures of elections and provides no quote-unquote public health emergency exception that enables governors or judges to override those and create a new system for elections, as was basically done this year. At, at its core, this is why we have such post-election chaos, and it was by design set in motion for years by the courts and crystallized over the past few months by using COVID-19 to remake the in-person voting electorate into a postal ballot free-for-all in what Justice Gorsuch described as the greatest judicial intervention in elections in 230 years. Mm. Well, now state legislatures can have their revenge and have the final say, as intended by the Constitution. Mark Levin reminded his audience today on Twitter that state legislatures are the ones who choose the electors who directly vote for president in each state. Reminder to the Republican state legislatures, you have the final say, Levin wrote, over choosing the electors, not any board of elections, not the secretary of state, not the governor, not even the courts. You have the final say. Article 2 of your federal constitution. So get ready to do your constitutional duty. In case you think Horowitz says that this is some desperate attack by Levin, that he concocted it because he doesn't like the impending results of the state ballot tallies, he has been warning about this for months. While everyone slept... As the courts rewrote election law, Levin, a constitutional lawyer, warned on September 18th, quote, as in Pennsylvania, the Michigan legislature is controlled by the Republicans. They must meet in an emergency session and exercise their Article II power under the federal constitution and seize back control over the election system. In the run-up to the election, courts have allowed late voting, namely submission of ballots after Election Day, so long as they're postmarked before. In addition, a Michigan court allowed ballot harvesting under certain circumstances, which appears to have occurred late at night in Wayne County. There's been a series of rulings or administrative decisions in numerous states which are contrary to state law and in some cases federal election law that enable Democrats to upend the electoral process, putting aside questions of additional fraud in the early morning of November 4th. Liberals say they want every vote to count, but having votes submitted by insidious special interest groups that violate the terms and conditions of absentee balloting uh, balloting ensures that the lawful cast, lawfully cast votes of individuals indeed do not count. We can debate the policy merits of some of these uh, anomalous voting procedures, but everyone agrees that the state legislatures control the process. 
In many blue states, they have already codified Democrat priorities on ballot harvesting, registration deadlines, or lack thereof, and weak voter verification systems. But in states like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, there were laws on the books that were illegally ignored by the Democrat governors and the courts. In his 2005 book, Men in Black, Levin noted that the reason the Supreme Court ruling on the Florida recount in 2000 was final was not because the courts are supreme over the electoral process. Quite the contrary. The Supreme Court was merely rectifying a mistake that the state court had made because Democrats were the ones who involved the courts in the election process to begin with. But why did Al Gore ultimately accept the decision in Bush v. Gore? Quote, the Florida legislature could have and in fact was preparing to intervene and name a state uh, slate of electors if the Florida Supreme Court continued to interfere with the election. The legislature, which was controlled by the Republican Party in 2000, had absolute authority under the Constitution to choose Florida's members of the Electoral College. So that's why he accepted the decision, because he knew that the state legislatures were getting ready to move. And he had no choice, because in the end, once they stepped in, it was over. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution stipulates, and I've read this to you before, that each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct the electors to vote for president. The Constitution gives Congress the authority to set the date of that vote, which pursuant to USC uh, 3 USC 7, Section 7, is the Monday after the second Wednesday in December of the presidential election year, which this year is December 14th. Notice how the Constitution specifically gives the job of choosing electors to the legislature. And unlike with standard legislation, there is no shared jurisdiction or responsibility with the governor much less some random state or federal judge. Charles Pickney, one of the signers of the Constitution from South Carolina, reiterated on the Senate floor January 23rd, 1800, how careful the framers of the Constitution were to cut Congress out of the process. Quote, the electors are to be appointed by each state, and the whole direction as to the manner of their appointment is given to the state legislatures, said Pinckney during a Senate debate. Nothing was more clear that Congress had no right to meddle with it at all. As the whole was entrusted to the state legislatures, they must make provision for all questions arising on the occasion. Technically, this means that state legislatures could even appoint electors and completely avoid or cancel out popular election ballots that we have today at least for the president and vice president. This was the practice in some states in the early days of the Republic. As uh, Supreme Court Justice Joseph Story wrote in 1833, commentaries on the Constitution, state legislatures choosing the electors themselves has been firmly established in practice ever since the adoption of the Constitution and does not now seem to admit of controversy, even if a suitable tribunal existed to adjudicate upon it. Indeed, in, 19, in 1892, in upholding Michigan's practice of dividing the state electors by congressional district, as it's done today in Maine and Nebraska, the Supreme Court wrote, quote, the legislature possesses plenary authority to direct the manner of appointment 
and might itself exercise the appointing power by joint ballot or concurrence of the two houses, or according to such mode as is designated. In Bush v. Gore, the high court reiterated that any state legislature may, if it is so chooses, select the electors itself. He says, obviously, none of us want to abolish popular elections where we the people vote. But why would the Constitution even grant state legislatures such power? Well, the framers understood that, unlike Congress, these are the bodies that are closest and most accountable to the people. And unlike judges or executives, state or federal, they are numerous in a deliberative body and won't wield on uh, unilateral authority without some degree of consensus by overriding the legislatures and how to properly conduct the popular elections that choose these presidential electors the courts and governors have disenfranchised their voters a michigan court extended election day for two weeks the pennsylvania court along with the democratic secretary of state has essentially nullified signature verification for mail-in ballots thus If there is ample evidence of rampant voter fraud that would be sufficient to alter the will of the people through this popular election, it is incumbent upon the state legislatures in those states to reclaim their authority over the electoral college and rectify the fraud that has upended this electoral process. And as I told you um, weeks ago, where is it that the Republicans hold... um, the Republican state legislatures. Well, they hold them in Pennsylvania, in Florida, in Arizona, in North Carolina, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Georgia, in Ohio, and Iowa. All of those states have Republican state legislatures. And it is up to them to select the electors for the Electoral College. Now, do any of us think that the states are going to... Um, Think about this position now. The Supreme Court had a chance, at least in Pennsylvania, to at least put their foot down and say, okay, you're going to follow the, sta- the laws as set by the state legislatures. No. Chief Justice Roberts said, no, I'm going to side with the liberals. And now they've let all these different... So when people say we got to count all the legal votes, the problem is the legal votes now are already being... Your, people are voting under a system that's already unconstitutional, that hasn't been challenged. So it's just a mess. American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're going to be there. We're going to be fair. We're going to be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's Voice. All right, live from Studio 6B. 
Those of you trying to call who are having a problem, 844-995-3762. Number one, there's no one there to answer. Number two, we're taking too many calls at one time, so <laughs> you're not going to get through. Hey, a quick uh, Arizona update I'm seeing. Um, a- another batch of votes that uh, Trump is leading by by the percentage he needs. He's gained another 10,000. So he's closing the gap even more in Arizona. Nice number. Do we know what? So what's the percentage of this last drop? Uh, let's see. Does it say? I just scrolled. Well, Ben Burkwam, we're trying to get Ben Burkwam up. He's in Arizona, I believe, outside uh, one of the polling stations or someplace. And uh, there's a live shot of uh, Arizona where Ben's getting set up. Hey, was that George Carlin that just like George, <laughs> Man, I like just going to say it looked like George Carlin's with him. I'm sure he's got seven words. <laughs> and, ask, and you know we what? Could, we he could put, ask George about um, his thoughts on climate change. Uh, he, I, he probably voted, too. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. did for Biden. How, how long has he been? states. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I saw um, someone. One of you guys sent me that, uh, you know, the president should have... Um, he should have um, spent more time going through all the cemeteries in the country, and he would have picked up more votes. But uh, Well, who was it? I think Jonathan Turley said uh, he has proof of uh, voter fraud because he noticed that his grandfather voted. Uh, yeah. Well, there's been um, essential, I think it's, uh, I don't know, Fleckus on Twitter. I, I forget his name, his real name. He goes by, I think, Fleckus, essential Fleckus on Twitter. He had he had some, he got a 120-year-old voted. He's had well, like 115. He had a... What do you got that in the news? Yeah, that's the story I was going to lead with. Yeah, go ahead. Seven <laughs> Michigan voters uh, were sent live absence heat ballots as voter registration for cause of their birth prior to 1902. Yeah. As of Monday, five recorded has been returned and counted. The oldest recording living person is currently 117 year old, years old, meaning that the seven who were sent live ballots either constitute the seven oldest people on the planet or are currently living without the honor. Uh, or these cases where the ballots are being requested and cast in the name of people who have passed away. Um, so uh, Secretary of State uh, Jocelyn Benson was criticized earlier this year when she was repeatedly sending out ballots ap- applications to people who are clearly deceased. So, um, you know, William Bradley have registered uh, as having born in 1902, last updated his voter registration in 2002, and he cast his first uh, ballot in 2020. <laughs> so also uh, lives at the same address, says that uh, he sent the ballot for both him and his fa- deceased father, but threw the other ballot away. So my my father passed in 84. I was born in 59. I voted absentee. I'm, I'm quite sure I threw the other ballot away. So that's good to know that the dead are still contributing to society. Uh, yeah. All right, what else is going on? Uh, Good news here. At least 13 female Republican candidates have declared winners this week in the House races including Lauren uh, Boebert, uh, the open carry pub owner, unseated incumbent GOP uh, representative Scott Tipton in the primary, then won Tuesday against Democratic challenger Diane Bush. As many as 33 female uh, Republican female candidates could win House seats after counting is concluded, according to at least one news account. Uh, wins so far have already doubled the number of female GOP House members now serving. Well, again, I, I, start, cool. I wanted to start yesterday's show on a little more of a positive note. And I actually have another article today by Damon Link, Linker in The Week. And it's entitled, The Left Just Got Crushed. And it basically goes through. Um, he says, this is really not a moment for Democrats to celebrate. No matter what happens after every vote is cast and every legal vote has hopefully been counted, Joe Biden will probably have prevailed, he says, in enough states to claim victory. 
Um, But this is not a moment for Democrats to celebrate. In the expectations game, the Democratic Party whiffed and whiffed badly. The Biden campaign and its allies managed to drive up turnout, but so did Trump. Republicans put up a hell of a fight or not even uh, or not just or even mainly in the battle for the White House. Democrats have almost certainly failed to win a Senate majority. And so far, they've lost ground in the House. Uh, That means that Biden is on track to be a weak and ineffectual president governing at the mercy of Mitch McConnell. Um, So much for the Democrat fantasy, the one that seemingly never dies of unobstructed rule. Democrats didn't want to just win and govern in the name of deeply divided nation, fractured sense of the common good. No, they wanted to lead a moral revolution to transform the country not only enacting a long list of new policies, but making a series of institutional changes that would entrench their power far into the future. Pack the Supreme Court, add left-leaning states, break up others to give the left huge margins in the Senate, get rid of the Electoral College, abolish the police, rewrite the nation's history with white supremacy and racism placed at the very center, ensure equity, not just an opportunity, but in outcomes Hell, maybe they'd even establish a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to teach everyone who voted for or supported the 45th president just how evil they really are. This is a great article in the week. We'll link to it on our social media. Um, but that, to your point, Paul, it was not a good night. I mean, I know this is, you know, the biggest, the big ticket here is the presidency. We all want to see the president reelected. But, um, you know, people argue about the markets the last two days, and I have my own opinions on the markets everyone's i've heard people say well the markets are going up because they know biden's going to win and these guys on wall street are really leftists and they just want the government to bail out you know pick winners and losers and and maybe that's part of it i think some of the why the market's going up is because the market's looking and going well the senate senate's going to be held by the republicans that's what i think and he, he may win the presidency and we're gonna have four years of a stalemate for the most part unless we get these Mitt Romney's and Susan Collins decide that now that Trump's out, I'll go back to being rhinos, which is very possible. Uh, and that's the scary part. But for the most part, you would think we're going to have pretty much a stalemate for four years. And then we'll see what happens in or two years. And we'll see what happens in the midterms. Well, can you really count on, on Mitch McConnell? No, you cannot. No. Can, can you really count on Lindsey Graham? No, no you cannot. Where no, is Lindsey Graham, by the way, the last three nights? He, he, he got reelected. He don't he, care. Yeah, what's he partying at Trump International in D.C.? They can't find him anywhere. Can't find him. I know Mr. Solomon basically told me to, you know, ease up and relax on the Republican <laughs> Party, and they'll they'll speak with one voice at some point. Maybe they will, but um, where are they? I see Matt Gates out there. I see um, Jim Jordan out there. I see Scott Perry out there. But that's about it. Where's all the 2024 hopefuls? Supposedly trying to get this president reelected where are they bunch of phonies so far that i could tell nikki haley put out one tweet she sounded like she was eulogizing the president well we should all think the i'm sorry g what'd you say oh ben's ready in arizona okay but we only got two minutes so let's just hold them and we'll do it at the bottom of the hour um nikki haley puts out one tweet and basically sounds like she's uh, eulogizing them well we need to thank uh, donald trump for all of his hard work Really? Like, uh, yeah, he, he brought he brought the party back to life. You, think think he, about the transformation in four years. No doubt that was made, and all the gains that were made. And now they're all like, well, you know, ooh, ooh, too too hot to handle. I can't I can't get that close. Let me let me tell you something. I said this the other night. 
There was no repudiation, number one, of his, um, his, himself, number one, and of his, um, his vision of the Democratic Party, uh, of the um, Republican Party, and of, of conservatism. There was no repudiation of his agenda. It was embraced. He was embraced. There was no repudiation of him. Yeah. He, made, he made inroads with new coalitions in the Hispanic community, Latino community, African-American vote. By the way, it, it looks like when the final numbers are all said and done, it's about 18% on the African-American vote. 18? So more than doubled. Oh. 18% is going to be what it looks like it's about. That's good. I was hoping 25. Yeah. 18 is about what it looks like. So. Improvement, though. All right, let's hit the break. Ben Burkholm's live in Arizona. We'll go to him as soon as we get back. Live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. normal people talking about the issues the way the american people talk about them around their dinner table i think that's why people like the show we don't take ourselves too seriously we give them news opinion sports comedy entertainment music but most of all we try to give them love of country faith and family every night we think political news is a big tent come on in live from studio 6b 8 to 10 weeknights you might like it all right live from studio 6b 30 minutes past the hour, hour two of the show. Paul's here. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's here. Let's go live out to Arizona, one of the uh, hot spots here in this election. We, we all know what's going on. Our own Ben Berkwam is on the ground. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? Uh, we're good. I mean, holding in there, keeping the hope alive. So that's what we all got to do. We got to turn off the damn mainstream when TV. Great, when I say great, I... Yeah, when I say great, I, I mean like uh, slightly depressed, feeling like sleeping in every morning, and just praying for uh, you know good news. So yeah. uh, that's the that's yeah. the great I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I'm keeping a smile on my face. All right, it all. so let's talk past me and you how we feel. What's the feeling on the ground there? I know there's been supporters gathering there in Arizona outside. I guess uh, well, where, yeah, where exactly are you, and what's the feeling on the ground there? We. We are at the Maricopa County Elections Office. Uh, behind me there is still counting the votes. We just got an update. Uh, uh, Congressman Gosar is actually speaking behind me as we speak, the congressman for Tucson, and along the, the southern border, so affected by illegal immigration, more so than just about any other congressman in the country. Uh, he's speaking. The, the folks behind me are just here with a simple message, count our votes and stop the fraud. And, and, uh, and the, the big concern is how many of their votes were deleted, were, uh, were denied. Uh, they're concerned some of them were denied on, on premises. So we've interviewed several of them saying that when they tried to put their ballot into the box, it said uh, it, was, it was invalid, it was invalidated, and then they were told, well, they'd take care of it. So all kinds of discrepancies going on down here. And, and on top of that, I actually have a friend, she just showed back up, my friend Jennifer with AZ Patriots. Um, she was out here reporting, one of the groups that's been reporting on this for a long 
long time. Years. And just, yeah, years. And just found out today, breaking news on America's Voice, Real America's Voice News, that your Facebook page, personal and group page have been deleted all of them. for, for uh, reporting on what's happening? Absolutely. We had more views last night. All eyes are on this building right now. The world is watching this building right now. And we had, we were streaming live, raw, unedited. We had more people watching our feed than, than we're watching Rachel Maddow or CNN or MSNBC, all the major networks, even all the local and national. We had more views on our stream and woke up this morning, they're all gone, done. Completely, all completely removed. Photos from, you know, 10, yeah. 15 years ago. It's not just politics like this. We have lives too. Yeah. And this was, uh, Damon, we were in there. We, I was actually here yesterday when Jennifer with AZ Patriots showed up and they, they had a discrepancy with their vote. Uh, yours, uh, tell us tell us the situation you had. Mine was, I voted in person, and I always vote in person. I never do the early ballots. And we were told on election day to use a Sharpie, and the Sharpie did bleed through, and we questioned it, right? Why is this going to be okay? And they said, as long as it goes through the machine, you're good. Accept it, good. Well, little did we know that that machine is just, uh, you know, an initial checkpoint, right? They take them out of there, and then people don't really understand how the whole process works as a whole. You know, you cast your ballot, and you, and you trust in the system that that people are going to respect the the election process and, and the and the you know the democracy that we, that we have everybody has a right to, to vote and then what and so and you so went to actually I, go I, check it I went to go check it and it said that my ballot was mailed on October 8th that was the la latest status so I called the number there's like a check your ballot number I called it and they said that they would not be updating that status until after the final tally has already been called so too late yeah right so I won't know if I, I voted in person I won't know if my ballot was accepted until after the election is over the the total has been you know called and it's too late so if, if my ballot was rejected I'll never know and so uh, Jennifer was here when I was when I was here I came outside she tried to go inside to speak to somebody at the elections office and was told it was closed to the public I actually was filming at the time walked in behind them uh, and then they were removed from the facility and I'm get I, I, I take it that was the justification for removing your pages is did they give you any reason or what did they, they say you know I know what? the media was saying that you guys were belligerent and and whatever but right you know they they we showed up here in 2018 to challenge what was going on in 2018 and I, I was removed by security for asking questions why are these ballots ripped there were ripped ballots and they were scanned back together in a way that moved the intended vote down to the Democrat name. So unless you were completely like studying this ballot, okay, with sharp, focused eyes, there's no way, and a lot of people are like 105 years old. They're not paying that close of attention, right? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. These ballots have been ripped and scanned back together and it's moved the voters intended vote to another candidate. And what we had to do was duplicate that ballot onto a fresh ballot.
So they paired a Democrat and a Republican, right? So I was like, where did these ballots come from? Why are they all ripped? They told me that they were found in a library book return depository. That was 2018. 2018, and it was me and like five other people in there volunteering. There was five other people behind the scenes trying to figure out what was going on. Nothing like this. Nothing like this. And you got removed at that point. I got removed at that and, point. So they now, knew me. So and they now knew coming me. back. So they knew me. It was the same woman. So when we walked in, and I walked in with other press, other members of the press, such as Ben, and she saw me and said, her out. And this is this is the big question, Damon, is are the votes being counted? That's what the, the group behind me, all they're asking is make sure that our votes are counted yeah. and fraudulent votes are not counted. And when you see Joe Biden go out there and say, count all the votes, the, the, what we should be saying is no, count all the legal votes and only the legal votes. And that's the question, Damon. Yeah, of course, the problem, as we've discussed tonight, is the legal votes now are even legal votes because of what's happened in some of these courts over the last couple months in, as the Democrats have really gone to change election laws they're already unconstitutional even the votes that have probably legally been cast under these new laws that they've created but let me ask you this uh mark i guess bronovich it's pronounced is i guess the ag there i don't know if you know this at 837 he put out a formal letter and said based on correspondence and conversations with maricopa county officials we are now confident that the use of Sharpie markers did not result in disenfranchisement for Arizona voters. We appreciate the county's prompt insight right. and assurances to address the public concerns. Yep. Yeah, I did hear that, and we've been told that. In fact, yesterday I went in and asked the uh, the uh, deputy uh, director of communications here in Maricopa County, and she said the same thing: that it was a problem in the past, uh, that the that it was an issue in the past, but now it's <laughs> it's it isn't an issue any longer. But the the problem is all of the ballots still say only use blue or black ink, and and so what they've got, they've got is a big problem with trust in the electorate and people are out here saying well then if that's the case then why was my ballot rejected so if it wasn't the sharpie you had me use a sharpie then what was it and that's that's really where we're at right now is they just want the answers they want to know was their ballot counted and if it wasn't why wasn't it if it wasn't the sharpie then what was it that caused it to to not be counted yeah but i you know it's and that's you know it's this is where we're at in america we're at a point where people are starting to believe that the election process doesn't work. And when we get to that place, that is a bad place to be for our republic. Uh, well, we all agree with that. So let me ask you a couple of basic questions, and I don't know that you have the answers, and if you don't, that's fine. The president needed to basically make up at about a 57% clip every time we got numbers. Now, they, his team has been saying all along right. that this was called way too early, and they felt their data showed that once these votes came in, he was able to keep that clip and that he would win Arizona. At this point, that has to be true because if he can pull back Arizona and win it, then Pennsylvania becomes the fight of all fights. But this is the first step. The new numbers that just dropped, what percentage did he pick up and is he on that pace still? The number that I heard, it was 56% that he got of this, of this most recent number. So uh, there's no question about it. It was called too early. I mean, the fact that we're 46,000 votes separating out of millions of votes and there's still hundreds of thousands of votes to be counted, there's no question it was called too early. Uh, there, he still has a chance of winning, but the, the more okay. uh, so often that, that it's a 56 question. number instead of a 58. All right, so that was my next question. How many votes are left to be counted in Arizona? Do we have a roundabout figure? I don't have that latest number. Okay. So it's, it's in the 400,000 range, I believe. 
Okay, so obviously still enough if it's, and you said the difference right now is what, 60, 40 something thousand? 46,000, yep. Okay. The closest it's been. So every single drop we've had, other than the seven o'clock last night, uh, it's been consistently, that gap has been shrinking consistently. So let me ask you, Ben, you, you're, on the, you're out there, you're talking to people, you're doing a lot of your own research. I know you've been obviously doing a lot for Real America's Voice. You know, the question always is, and we've been talking about this on the show, every election we all assume that there's some human, I mean, it's a lot of human stuff going on. We always assume there's errors. We assume there's fraud to some degree in some places. I guess the question is, do we feel or have you seen or have you heard people report on enough fraud in one specific state? Because this is, again, we don't, this is not a national, this is 50 separate elections. Is there enough fraud anywhere that we think has had material impact on the numbers? That is the question of the day. Uh, you know, you hear anecdotal s stories. I've heard two dozen here locally, but when it comes to mass fraud, when you're talking about you know tens of thousands of votes, uh, I haven't seen that. Other than you know the discrepancies that you see up in Michigan, 138,000 votes all of a sudden show up. They're all for Joe Biden. I mean, obviously that 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 needs some investigation. But when it comes to actually getting hard evidence on thousands of fraudulent votes, you know, dead people, uh, people that are voting multiple times, illegal aliens voting, I haven't seen those numbers. Yeah, and it also has to be able to stand up, obviously, the legal process that it's going to undergo. So, um, well, we spoke to John Solomon tonight, and he's doing yeoman's work at Just the News with a bunch of other people to try to get out. He's going to be dropping Absolutely. some stories on some of the stuff they found in in Michigan, in Wisconsin. Um, what do you make of the difference of some of these down ballot uh, numbers where you see in the difference between John James and the president was very little, but you look at Biden, the difference between him and the down ballot person in some places is humongous. Uh, so this, uh, that's, this is the whole point all of this that we're dealing with. This has been going on for years. Everything that we're seeing right now through the election is just a continuation of the swamp, of the coup attempt that we've seen with, against President Trump from before he took office, while he was running for office, uh, the Russia collusion hoax, the quid pro Joe, the Stormy Daniels, all of these fake stories, even now using COVID to try to attack him when it was really uh, Democrat governors that were, that were allowing people to die in nursing homes. All of this, BLM, the attacks, the destruction by Antifa all over the country. It is all designed and orchestrated by the left. Not to say that they created COVID, but they used it to demoralize this country. If those things had not happened, President Trump would have won in an absolute landslide. And so the media malpractice that has been behind on the, or behind this is, is disgusting to me. And it goes right to what you're talking about, the votes as well. The left have a machine in this country. They, they have a media machine, they have a, an education machine, yeah. and they have an electorate machine where they go in the races that they need to win in and they do what yeah. it takes to win, whether that's legal or not, picking all up right. votes at people's houses, uh, getting dead people to vote, illegals right, to ben, vote, I all gotta... of these things we hear over and over and over for yep. years. All right, we got to hit the break. Ben Burkwam in Arizona. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for all the hard work. Keep it up.
Live, 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 live from Studio 60. We're back. We're back. You see what happens? Oh, we started talking about Arizona going back to Biden. I mean, uh, back to Trump, and uh, they came after us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, just came right after us. The whole thing went down. So, all right, we're back live from Studio 6B. Only a couple minutes left. Rick Emirati, what's going on in sports, pal? Well, Thursday night football, Green Bay is now up 21-3 to over the 49ers in a route. Aaron Rodgers with three touchdown passes. And in college, uh, Nevada Wolfpack is up 28-9 to over Utah State. And Colorado State is up 14-0 over Wyoming. And other than that, Big D, I got a uh, little KBO playoffs today. Um, so the Deuce and Bears, their first baseman, Ojai Il, and oh, second no. baseman, Ojai Wan. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. We just went that. to three viewers. I, I mean, I, lo- right. <laughs> I love you, Rick. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, what, what else? What are you else blowing up the Korean baseball? And one more. Yeah, little election ahead. news, boys. Right, Pittsburgh good. Steelers buy dinner for workers at local ballot counting site. Oh, Look sure. <laughs> Give them some ballots, too. Yeah. Oh, With a long God. night ahead for the workers at the Allegheny, Allegheny County ballot counting site in Pittsburgh, some members of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization are lending a hand. Multiple players from the team purchased dinner for all the workers at the site Wednesday night. Uh, ready? Guess where they got this from? I can't make this up. Rick, you're going to love it. The Goose Express. Ah. Chicken, rigatoni, veggie rolls, pies, and mores. Okay. So there's the Steelers. Goose in the Polsters. Now, Allegheny County, <clears throat> um, by the way, is one of the places that said... Well, no, we're, we're just going to take the night off from counting ballots. We're just going to stop. And, and everybody said, well, wh- why? And, of course, the answer is because they need to figure out how many they need to find. Listen, that's a Silicon Valley. Like, that is just all tech. It's, it's, like, it's like a mini San Francisco over there. It's all liberals. It's, it's a joke. Yep. That's the reason. I mean, there's no other reason. Again, I said this to John Solomon. Florida can count a 12 million ballots like they did. And have the report up, they, they, they were reporting by 10 o'clock. And places that have half the vote can't be done till November 12th, November 5th, 8th, whatever, all these different times we're getting from these people. Well, we're, we're not going to count anymore today. I saw the, saw the guy in Nevada today gave a press conference. He's like, well, we're not trying to be fast. We're trying to be accurate. Okay, fine. Got that. But we're going to, um, we're, we're going to, count saturday and sunday so i guess that's the only saving grace fox has got to be upset because they can't call the race because nevada said they won't have all their mail-in things uh in or counted before probably next week they don't know what's going to get saturday and sunday they're going to count what they have and then they don't know what's going to come in the mail on monday so you're not going to have a call in nevada probably till next week the more i think about it but it's just Right, so they don't know how many they need just yet, and they got to keep printing until they get to the right number. All right, gotcha. Well, I'm in, I'm in, listen, I'm encouraged by people like John Solomon. They they're out there, they're they're they've got boots on the ground. They're trying to look at all these anomalies, and they're going to report on it. They'll drop as much of this information as possible. I'm sure he's <clears throat> in touch with the White House. I'm sure the president's getting information from Jay Sekulow, from Rudy Giuliani, from people like John Solomon, from uh, you know. All these people on the ground who have seen this man under attack for four years who are not going to at least give their best effort to try to see if there was enough fraud that it was material. And that is the end. That is the question. And Daniel Horowitz article tonight that I read you is the whole ball game. Will these state legislatures um, take back that power that they do do fully have uh, under the Constitution? And we'll have to to see where this goes. 
But we know this. There's no one who's built for this fight more than Donald Trump is. And uh, we'll yeah, just see. So. Very true. And, and, you know, some people are saying that, you know, this is something he's been preparing for for a while. So who knows what he's got already set up to try and tackle this. We will, uh, we will see. 22 hours. Uh, we'll see if we have any more information for you. Felt like when you left last night to tonight, there wasn't a whole lot more. But uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings. All right. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here on Real America's Voice.